This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Time to connect with Wendy Christin. She's a health coach and wellness practitioner at Integrated Health Solution here in Durbanville. She's been at it since 2005 and she's been on the air with us for long enough for us to know we need to change things in our diet and the way we think about movement and food. She's back with us again this morning. Hey, Wendy, hope you're well and warm. Good morning, Brad. Yes, doing my best to keep warm. <laughs> it's <is> pretty chilly. <laughs> it is chilly. And uh, today we're going to be nailing one more of these health myths. Today, health myth, myth. I've been struggling to get my tongue and my mouth around those two words since 7 o'clock this morning. Health myth number two. We say, but we, I need to add some sugar to my cereal or to my tea or to this or to that because we need to eat sugar for energy. I've heard that many times. Tell us, yes. is that right or wrong? Um, it, is, it is wrong um, because we don't need to eat physical sugar, but we do need glucose for fuel. So if, if we understand how our bodies work mm. and what type of sugars we should be having, then we can understand better and the quantity that we should be getting in every day. Um, we quickly see, oh, we, we really don't need to be adding that extra sugar to our diet. So we know the word glucose. We've heard it before. We might even buy a sweetie over the counter that says loaded with glucose. You know, oh, I'm going on doing a bit of exercise. It's a training day today. Let's pop some of these glucose tablets. So we know about glucose and we know that it's probably what our bodies need, but there's a better way of getting it in, isn't there? So give us a bit of a background into what glucose is. Yes. So glucose is derived from the Greek word for sweet, and it is a type of sugar that is produced by the body in response to the foods that we eat. So along with insulin, which is another hormone in the body, glucose then is transported from the bloodstream into the cells to be used as energy. And um, so we need to have that glucose that is fuel that needs to get into the cells, but we need to make sure that that's working properly. When we're overloaded and we become um, ill, um, that the body can't recognize and utilize that glucose anymore, Mm. then we end up with a condition like diabetes. So uh, we know of diabetes, we speak about it, we know of people who have diabetes, and I thought I was really up to it, but there was something you mentioned to me about that, and uh, talking about circulating extra, about circulating glucose in the bloodstream and its inability to actually get to where it needs to go, and then it just keeps on going around in the bloodstream, causing damage. That was news to me. Give us a bit of uh, help in understanding that. Yes. So what happens is, that uh, a diabetic, for example, but anybody, any time we eat something that is rich in glucose, so a carbohydrate or a sweet or a cool drink or whatever that is, the, the insulin's job is to unlock the cells to be able to push the, the glucose into the cell, to the muscle tissue um, and to the, the liver cells so that that glucose can actually be utilized for the energy that the body needs. But when we eat too much and when that signal is dampened, then that doesn't happen. So then all that um, excess glucose um, is in the bloodstream. You then land up with excess insulin as well. And then it does. It damages your arteries. It stores extra fat in the body. And there's a whole lot of complications that develop from that. So um, we could look then as insulin as a bit of a key that unlocks fat, muscle, and liver cells so that glucose can actually get into the cells. This is fascinating. Yes, that's right. So if, if there's no insulin, each cell has a little receptor 
And that insulin is supposed to carry the glucose through that receptor into the cell. And if the receptors are no longer sensitive, you land up with insulin sensitivity or insulin resistance or diabetes. Insulin resistance generally comes before diabetes. I spoke to a doctor here on this program a number of years ago, and it's remained with me, and said that research has shown that Alzheimer's and dementia um, can be triggered by one's sugar intake. But uh, you also say yes, but uh, let's look at the insulin's responsibility here in this situation. Yes. So um, they're, they're saying uh, in the studies that, or they're showing that too much sugar can result in Alzheimer's and dementia, and they're actually referring to it as type 3 diabetes. Mm. So it's a type of insulin resistance, but it occurs in the brain. Now, the brain requires glucose, and when we're younger, it generally requires a little bit more glucose. But as we age, the requirements in the brain for glucose is uh, reduced. And if we continue to consume the same amount of glucose or the same amount of high-sugar, carbohydrate-laden um, foods, we land up with this excess um, sugar floating around in the brain, which then diminishes memory. This is a, this is a big one. I, mean, this is, uh, I think we can honestly say that we need to control the... the and, and you'll give us the more details, but just plainly said, the s- simple sugars, refined carbohydrates uh, that we take into our bodies because we know that it increases weight and we know diabetes is an issue. But now we're saying uh, it's all fine and well to say I'm young now and I'll be okay. The thing is, there seems to be a compounding effect that can have disastrous consequences once we're older. Absolutely. And it does start when we're young. So you don't just wake up all of a sudden with Alzheimer's. It's years and years and years of this excess um, glucose floating around in the brain that causes problems. And once you have the memory issue, it's very, very difficult to treat it. Whereas if you make preventative lifestyle changes when you're younger, the likelihood of you developing something like that will be much slimmer. Wow, this, this is powerful this morning. So we know that sugars provide energy. You've just said that, but now we need to figure out what kind of sugars. And when we say sugars, we're not talking about that white stuff in the little jar underneath the doily. Exactly, yes. So I think that's what we think. I think we think, I remember years ago, there was an advert that, that said that sugar gives you energy. And there was, you know, if you watched it on the TV, you'd be literally licking the sugar out of the cup. Yeah. Um, and you're saying how much energy sugar gives you. So... Yes, um, we want to choose the, t- the quality and the quantity and the source. So we want to ideally get it from natural sources. So the carbohydrates we're eating every day, I think people forget that carbohydrates, fruits, vegetables, grains, and dairy products all contain some form of sugar. The body literally breaks those um, components down to make the sugars that it needs for the energy that it needs to function. So when we're adding extra sugars, we put it pressure on our body. So just eat real food. Just eat whole food. Don't add refined sugar because we're getting more than enough, prob- probably through the foods that we're eating. But then it's about label watching, isn't it, then, to make sure, okay, I want to eat this thing. It's processed, but how much sugar is in it? Yes. So the, the key here is to always read the label because you might be eating a health bar um, but if you look at the carbohydrate quantity on that label, you may as well eat chocolate yeah. because it has the same or more. So you really want to be wise and, and learn to, to read what is the glycemic content of that 
the carbohydrate content in that particular item that you're wanting to eat. Yeah, we're having such a great conversation. We're running really low on time. We have less than a minute. So quickly, if you don't mind, uh, Wendy, how much sugar is it actually okay to have? So if we look at men, um, they shouldn't be having more than 93 or 36 grams of total sugar per day. And women should have around six teaspoons, um, which is about 25 grams. So that doesn't mean six extra teaspoons in your tea or coffee. That means total um, carbohydrates. Wow. That's your fruits, your veggies, your everything. Um, so you very quickly come to that. If you put this into perspective, one can of, of soda, say Coca-Cola, has around 38 grams of sugar. So that is more than your nine teaspoons of your daily allowance. That means then you can't eat anything else that carries any carbohydrate value what? if you want to maintain health. Yo, so that's seven teaspoons of sugar in one can of soda, and that's already way beyond what you can actually Your have. There's the some day, people yes. that consume bottles of soda every day, plus they're having tea and coffee with teaspoons of sugar in it. Now you put us on, of our, on our place. And quickly, quickly, um, fruit juices, not much better. No, not at all. They, uh, about 250 moles of fruit juice contains about 27 grams of sugar. Wow. So that's also more than your allowance. So we think we're drinking fruit juice as a, as a healthier alternative, but it really isn't a healthier alternative. Clearly not. So we need to avoid this excess sugar. We need to look at what we eat. We need to avoid obesity, diabetes, heart disease. And you said it this morning as well. The likelihood exists too that excess sugar intake can cause Alzheimer's and dementia. The power is in our hands. So we need to take control. Thank you very much, Wendy. This is a big one this morning. And if you need to listen to it again or share it with somebody that doesn't pay any attention when you say, do you really need to add more sugar to that? You'll find this podcast on kpulpit.co.za. We love you in the mornings on a Thursday. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks so much, Brad. Have a great day. Bye. Bye-bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za